0: Nothing from a harvested tree goes to waste. Every single part is being used. So let's break it all down and see where the wood is going and what you can really do with every part of a tree. Welcome to Renewable Future from the renewable materials company, Store Enso. Our studio today is in fact an office in Helsinki and beside us is a tram line so if you hear a train going by you'll know what that is and joining us today is Jormi Lancitalo, head of wood supply at Stora Enso and Johan Lindman head of global forest operations at Store Enso welcome to Renewable Futures let's just start with the first step when it comes to harvesting a tree what exactly happens even even before we get to cut the tree down? What's what's the whole process? How how do we get started? Jorma?
1: Very typically, so first we need to buy the forest, so that only only small part of what we are harvesting is a company-owned forest. So in most cases, we approach the forest owner, we make a deal with the forest owner, we inventory the forest lot, what we are harvesting, then we send the information to the harvesting machine, and then he already knows what what to harvest out of there. That's the first step.
0: So, the information to the harvesting machine then, Johan, you can fill me in. What sort of information is getting passed to the, to the harvester then?
2: To the harvester, you will get the information, of course, of, of the location in a geographical information system. Where the location is, where to start, where the, where the borders are, and where the nature conservation areas are that you need to take care of and that is more or less the the starting point and then you do a you collect a data a lot of data in the harvester but that is when it starts to to run
0: okay and what sort of data then is getting collected in the in the
1: harvester in in the harvesting head there is a measurement device so that uh, basically the uh, operator marks that what what kind of tree species it is and the measuring device is uh, measuring the locks uh, every 10 centimeters, the diameter and the exact length so that it calculates the total volume and then it records the end use of each lock
0: also. That is decided by the machine operator. So as soon as the tree, if you like, is cut down, that information gets stored. We know exactly what kind of wood is there, what the quality
2: is like, what it can be used for. Uh, What happens then, Johan? Well, before you start the harvest, you also need to plug in into the computer what is the end use of the wood and what is the customer of the wood. Because depending on how you want to use it and who is the customer, which sawmill, which pulp mill, you need to cut the tree differently. So that is one important piece into the system. And that means that when you start to do the logging, you also know where all the trees should go.
0: So cutting the tree differently, how would you cut it differently? Why, why would you cut it in two different ways then?
2: The different values in the tree uh, and the different end uses in the tree but to make it very simple because the the lower part of the tree the wider part of the tree that is used for saw logs and the smaller part of the tree in the top which is too narrow to make sown goods out of that is used for pulpwood and uh, then uh, the the rest of the tree will be energy the bark and etc will be energy out of that but then depending on If you do this right you get a higher value out of the tree and if you do it bad you get the wrong raw material to the industry and you get a low value for the forest owner and he will not be happy with that.
0: We look at the bottom of the tree, the trunk then, Jorma, sort of the, this wood. How does that wood also get decided? Does that get split into different areas as well, different kinds of uses? What, what, what can you use the, the thickest part of the tree? If we talk about the Nordic
1: forest area, so there we have typically three, four different wood species. So birds, pine and spruce, and then perhaps alder and aspen. And all of those are typically going to different end uses, different mills. And, and the bottom part of the trees, so for the birds, that goes to plywood mills, quite typically, and then spruce and pine, they go to sawmills. But uh, very often, sawmills are specialized to either or, to sawing either spruce, sawlocks, or pine sawlocks.
0: But also the, the, end, the end application, is it the,
2: the building sector, is it furniture, or, or how does that get split up? That, that can be split both by species, for example, spruce you normally take to constructions, while pine might go to the furniture industry, but it's also different qualities. If you want to do a very nice chair, you don't do want to have black knots or bad knots in it, so, so then you need to take a very uh, special part of the tree where you don't have the knots for the furniture, and the rest can be very good construction wood.
0: When when, when you're cutting down a tree and you have a a forest owner with certain trees in certain areas, but the sawmill perhaps is too far away, is is there a case of making agreements with different forest owners that, okay, well, your wood will go to this sawmill and yours will go there, even though you own that forest and I own this forest. I mean, how, how does that work out? Good question. <laughs> so that with forest owner, we typically,
1: we make a whole deal so that we take the responsibility of finding a customer or, or the end use for all the wood assortments that are coming out from his forest. But in some cases, yes, our own sawmills might be too far away. And then we when, then we make deals with uh, other forest companies who have sawmills nearby and we are swapping the volumes or selling the volumes and uh, trying to optimize the transport distances so that we are not wasting the value of the wood by transporting
2: it too far. Because freshness, I guess, is also a a parameter or a quality that's important, right? It's absolutely so. And and it, it varies, of course, between the different end products. And for example, if you're in the middle of the winter, when it's frozen, or if you are in 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 the summer, but basically the freshness is is a quality parameter, and and building on what Jorma said, I think it's if you see this as a value chain, it's two two values here. It's it's the value for the forest owner getting them as much out of the value of, of the forest, but it's also the the value for the industry to getting right the right raw material at uh, at a, as low cost as possible, and. Um, to achieve that we need to be extremely efficient at develop productivity in the whole supply chain. And that that is for example important that we have very efficient transport systems,
0: and now we're talking about Nordic forests quite a lot right now. But obviously,
2: there's forests right across the world. So how does this, how does it vary if we went to South America,
0: for example, Johan?
2: There, you normally have less tree species in each and every forest stand because they are, they are typically planted, and you select the trees that you want. In our case, we normally work with eucalyptus. You can also, for example, have pine, and then you most likely only use it for one end use because you develop one plantation for one mill so you for example typically make only pulpwood out of one eucalyptus species and then it's a slightly simpler process of selecting the trees but it's the same methodology
0: yeah when we go into pulpwood because we've sort of looked we've talked about the building construction sector and saw logs and and furniture but pulpwood then this is different this is a different process So explain what's happening here so there is also several processes
1: that the, that the, if we take spruce pulpwood, so that goes very often to the what we call mechanical pulp. It means that there we are separating the wood fibers from each other with a mechanical grinding process. And then perch pulpwood, which is also called short fiber pulpwood, goes to chemical pulp process as well as uh, pine pulp wood goes to chemical pulp process. Pine pulp is a long pi- fiber pulp, and these pulp products are used in the different end uses. Explain some of the end uses then from from
0: this pulping process, to, if, we, if it's mechanical or uh, chemical.
1: It depends on the end user or, or the paper grade. So the long fiber pulp brings very of, uh, long fiber. According its name, it's uh, they have long fibers, and that brings to paper certain qualities. While short short fiber is used in the in the that kind of paper grades like a fine paper, and and then uh, uh, also
2: carton board. It's exactly as as you are explaining that when you open up the wood, the the world becomes. Uh, with a lot of possibilities. It's just that you have a, a microscope instead of, of your normal glasses looking at it. And, and the wood consists of, of, of a combination of, of three main components. It's the cellulose, which creates the fibers. It's the lignin, which is a glue. And it's the hemicellulose, which is uh, similar to, to cellulose, but, but a bit softer and weaker. And when you, when you do the pulping, you take these three components out in one way or another, and depending on the end use you want to have, you put, you put them together, the, the components, in the way that you want. It. And typically for, for um, the cellulose, which is the fiber, you, for example, if you want good printing properties, you, you use some fibers. If you want strength properties, you use other fibers. And if you want them to be absorbed of, uh, of moisture, for example in diapers, you want a, a third property out of, of the fiber. So, so the trick is to, to mix, compa- depending on the end use, you want to use the fibre, the right fibers and in the right mix. And board, typically, is a mix of several layers of fiber to get a combination of properties, both strength, bulk, and printability.
0: Is there anything you can't build then? It sounds like there's absolutely no limitation when you, when you talk about it like
2: this. So far, we are not able to do rockets. But, but we have the science behind it and we are on our way. Okay, we'll be flying to the moon from, from wood-based products soon. <laughs> uh, not tomorrow, but why not in the future? But,
1: Johan, you, you, you could explain a bit more about this... Um all this research and development that we are working with when it comes to the side products that are exp- extracted from the pulp process while, while pulp is produced. There is many other valuable raw materials
2: coming out. And that was a little referring to, to the rocket. Because out of the, we use normally use the fibers, but the lignin and the hemicellulose is two chemical components that can be further developed. And for lignin, for example, can be used as resins, since it's used as a resin in the tree, but it uh, can also be based for carbon fiber, it can be based for, for coloring. The hemicellulose can be used for several components that you basically take down to sugar. And sugar is the building blocks for all, all carbon carbon change. So you basically take it down to the smallest pieces and then you start to replace plastic. With, with, the, with the chemical fibers you get out of wood, we actually have a future
0: show coming up just on lignin itself and what you can do with lignin. So we'll be developing that one even in, in, in more detail. We've looked a lot at the sort of the trunk of the tree, and we've looked at sort of the trees in South America where you talk about the pulping process. If if we go back to like a, a Nordic tree, and we've seen that the, the trunk is used for okay for furniture, it's used for wooden construction with saw logs, and then we go further up. Um, are we going into the pulping process then as we go further up, or or, or what happens as you go further up the tree? And and where does the rest of the tree get used? It's, it's, uh,
2: the tree is a cone it's, uh, and the top of the cone that becomes typically pulpwood and then we are into the pulping process. But uh, since a, a wooden product is rectangular and the tree is a corn cone you always get a lot of, of wood outside on this cone and that will also become uh, pulpwood but you ship it, you take it in small pieces.
1: And then in many cases, so so we are also collecting the branches and the very tops of the trees for the raw material of energy production. Okay, using that
0: for burning. Uh, b- b- burning, heat and electricity. There's also leaves that
2: are on these trees. Um, what's happening with those? They normally fall down in the autumn <laughs> to start with. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but... but in the Nordic area, we, we want to keep them in the forest because they are they are a lot of nutrients, especially uh, nitrogen, in the needles and in the leaves. And, and that is what we want to keep in the forest. So it's important that they they should stay. They should stay on the ground and, and be fertiliser for the future forest.
0: So the future forests become better and stronger if you leave the needles and the leaves be. There.
2: Yes. Exactly.
0: Okay. And is there any point where you feel that, okay, the soil is so strong that I can, I can remove those leaves and, and, and use them for something else?
2: Yes, there, there, there might be these cases, but it's, it's not that much energy in the leaves as such. So it
1: and, and it just happens to be so that they are, they are dropped in the forest because we like to leave the uh, branches and the tops of the trees to the forest for a while after harvesting that they are drying up there before we are collecting them to piles. And during that period, the needles and the leaves very often are
0: left the yeah. ground. Okay. When well, we go to the sawmill then, is there any, I mean, we've, we've talked about sawing up into saw logs, there's also sawdust, I understand that that's also even being used. Yes, yes. Uh, for sawdust there is a
1: couple of end uses that it can be used to the certain, again, certain qualities of pulp or certain specialty pulps. Uh, but then very often that is used also as a, as a raw material for, or, or as an energy product or then as a raw material for the, uh, this kind of board, uh, uh,
0: wood-containing board production. When we break it down, and you've talked about lignin, cellulose, and hemicellulose, I mean, is this is this where the future is, or what are, what are things looking like, you know, down the road? It, I mean, right now, we think when I think of wood, we're thinking of uh, I'm thinking of furniture, obviously, and the things that we, we see today. But you've ta- talked about like replacing plastics and, and, and things like that. I mean, what's uh, what's the sort of, what is the future? You know, what does it look like for us?
2: Now, I think there are many many possibilities. I mean, the the difference between wood and oil. Is basically that the oil has been stored in the ground for a couple of million years. But it's the same basic components and we as a company, as you know, we say that we can do anything out of wood that is today made by out of fossil material. I think that is true. We are spending a lot of energy and time and, and efforts into developing new products out of this and it's, it's in the chemical arena, it's in, it's in the material arena. And uh, I see a lot of, of new steps coming there, but it will take some time, because it's, uh, the, it's a long journey from identifying an opportunity to have it up and running in industrial scale and, and market But I, I think that the forest industry is, is in a fantastic transition. We don't see it so much when we are in the middle of it, but when you look backwards, it move, moves pretty fast.
0: And is this happening, I mean, across the world? Because obviously in the Nordic region, forestry is a, is a big industry. Do we, do we see it happening? Is it the same in North America, in Canada, where the climate would be similar, for example? Or, or what was it, What does it look like globally? I think that globally,
1: it is a, it's a big industry globally. It's also in North America, Russia, anywhere. And I, I think that, the, I mean, the same trend applies everywhere. So that we are talking about the renewable raw material and, and, and this world will need more raw materials that are renewable. So that this same megatrend applies to whole forest
0: industry. Jorma Lancetalo, Johan Linnman, thank you very much. You've been listening to Renewable Future from the Renewable Materials Company, Stora Enso.